Winter was here, and we're just getting started on our rewatch of Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode Number 4, The Spoils of War. And now, here are the two guys who are ready to talk about a big cliffhanger in this week's Game of Thrones. I'm Rob Sestrini here with Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? A cliffhanger, some issues with swimming. It's all happening again. Come yeah. on, Jamie. Come on, seven gods. <laughs> no Dornish snakes to deal with here today as no we Dornish discuss uh, the spoils of war. Uh, perhaps uh, the apex of Game of Thrones season seven. Uh, probably the, uh, I would say the best episode of the season. Uh, I think that that tracks there's, there's exciting stuff still to come for sure. Uh, but I think as a, as in a single episode, this has the most impressive sequence of season seven. And I think even a lot of the stuff that leads up to the loot train battle, I think is, is high quality. Uh, lots of fun character moments that are going to be here along the way. So yeah, I'm a fan. I like this one. This is great. Really fun to revisit the spoils of war. That last, you know, 10 or 12 minutes of this episode, I feel like watching that back today, I enjoyed it, I think, more so than any other battle that uh, we've watched throughout. Any? Yeah. Wow. All right. Can you articulate why? Like, is it just like a sense thing, a gut thing? I just there's so many people involved there where, you know, it takes uh, so many different turns where, you know, uh, sort of that we don't know that the Dothraki are, are are coming in. They have, you know, we're seeing the Dothraki in Westeros for the first time. Then we're seeing the dragon come in. And then there's this whole this really, you know, cool element of the fire everywhere. This fiery inferno that people are fighting through. And you have Jamie and Braun on one side and you're obviously worried about them and then you have uh you know Daenerys flying on Drogon and then Tyrion is is in there so there's like a lot of emotional stakes it looks really cool to have the Dothraki fighting the Lannisters there's the dragon in the mix so uh I, I think there's just a ton there yeah no a cosign on all of that uh it's it's amazing it's it's really mesmerizing and i think you know there's a lot of um you know a lot to critique with what's coming later with like beyond the wall and sort of like the 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 long raven ride and you know calculating all of that stuff that really gets in the way there's really no such hang-ups with this episode it's really kind of it feels like technically flawless even got a, a new york met in there so i'm sure that makes you extra happy uh there's, didn't there's, die. I, mean, I think he, the character is probably deceased would be my bet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that this is, to my mind, this is one of the first, if not the first moment where you have a huge battle happening and on both sides of the battlefield, you have characters who are fighting each other and you love those people and you don't want any of them to get hurt. You see like Bronn trying to shoot Daenerys down from the sky with a crossbow and you don't want that to happen, but you really like Bronn and Jamie is going to be riding towards a dragon and he's going to be trying to kill Daenerys and you don't want him to succeed in killing Daenerys, but you don't want him getting roasted alive by fire either. And the Tyrion piece of it all is spectacular because he is us in that moment where you see him throughout the battle just like watching it all unfold and being like, no, oh, no. Danny's in trouble. Oh, no. 
no, Jamie's in trouble. Mm -hmm. And that's how you feel throughout the whole thing. And there hasn't really been anything quite that visceral uh, as as like a tug of war for your heart in battle mode on Game of Thrones uh, beyond this battle. It's it's really something to behold. Okay, great on the rewatch. A great episode to talk about here today. Lots to talk about in uh, the world of Game of Thrones here in uh, the uh, first week of March 2019. Josh, HBO uh, dropped a a mega trailer for the final season of Game of Thrones. I know that you already published a piece on the Hollywood Reporter, thr.com, about you know your big takeaways from the Game of Thrones final season trailer. Yeah, uh, you know, I I don't know. Uh, part of me was was really surprised that this trailer even happened. I, I think that there was an argument to be made that HBO didn't have to do much. You know, people know that the Game of Thrones is about to end. They they are incentivized to to tune in for those six episodes. They really don't need a trailer. They're going to watch the final season anyway. I think Game of Thrones really all that needed to happen was release some teasers that tell you the date and get some butts in seats, and that's going to be it. Instead, HBO goes the traditional route and drops a huge, enor- enormous uh, trailer. Uh, and it, it's, you know, some of it is just a lot of teasery, uh, just like light images that are meant to tantalize. But there's there's some stuff in there that is fairly revealing, I thought. Um, so I was surprised by uh, the, the extent of what they showed in the trailer. If you haven't seen it yet, um, and like you really can't hold out, Go for it. Absolutely. But if like you're really trying to stay like completely pure before uh, the final season, I do think that there's some stuff in there that you could really start putting some pieces together. Okay, if you want to read uh, Josh's takeaways, uh, head on over to THR.com slash Game of Thrones uh, for that. Any one takeaway in particular you want to highlight? Um, I have a I have a hot theory it's a new one that i hadn't really thought about until there's you see some dragons flying you see them like flying north of the wall at one point in the trailer it looks like that's probably where they where they are unless like winter has really hit uh westeros very very hard at that point and either way like it got me thinking uh what are the odds that we see like Jon snow and daenerys fly the dragons north of the wall and while the you know take advantage of the fact that they are at this disadvantage where the white walkers are in the seven realms right now take advantage of the fact that they've left the base unguarded what if Jon snow and daenerys targaryen infiltrate the white walker base so that's a new new thing that i'm i'm putting on my bingo card of things that i think we'll see in the final seasons we're gonna we're gonna go to the white walker kingdom and we're gonna we're gonna raid the house. We're gonna we're gonna eat their it's like snacks. The Death Star, where then if they blow uh, up the White Walker hideout, then they'll die. Yeah, if they like, if they pull the cork out from the center of the of the White Walker kingdom, then the the whole thing collapses. That's a great That's ending. The, that would be a yeah, great ending. Yeah. They can Everyone close it loves out on it. that. Everybody will yeah. be a fan favorite. Okay, yeah, and All they right. were dead the whole time. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the spoils of war. And uh, this episode uh, really is a uh, bookends. We open up with uh, Jamie and Braun. We're going to close with the big battle. And uh, they are bringing home all of the loot, the loot from High Garden. 
Yeah, the loot is on fire. Not quite yet. Uh, and Jamie is very sullen. A very sullen Jamie Lannister who is in a bit of a mood. And Bronn, with his first spoken words of season seven, is like, Why are you so mad? Why are you so mad, Jamie Lannister? You just got the biggest prize in the world and you look like you got a little prick to the balls, mm-hmm. uh, is what he says. And uh, Jamie doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And Bronn, yeah, that he's been paid out. He's got a couple of bags full of gold for now. And he's like, hey, you promised me a castle. What about that castle? How about High Garden? Man. Yeah. Give me the confidence of Bronn of the Blackwater. You know, he's just he's so good at like job negotiations. He knows his worth. He's not afraid to ask for the for literally a castle. Uh, this is an amazing. Like, can you imagine just like having that bravado? Like, we'd be unstoppable if we could just like you know take that you know same confidence and just channel it and bring it into the real world. No one could touch us, man. <sighs> sort of with Jamie, it's a lot of upkeep to have a castle. Yeah, but I figure like if you've got all the gold, like you'll be able to hire like an amazing staff, and then you could like film a reality show, and you could even profit further. Yeah, and, like you'd have like all of your best friends in the castle. Everyone's working for you, and all those people are really sweet and chill. And you do like a really good job, and like make them feel like family. The whole situation would just be a delight. And so they string Braun along a little bit more. Where Jamie says, "Look, once this whole thing is through, you can have any castle you want." And Bronn's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be nice and peaceful under the reign of Cersei Lannister. I know. Even Bronn isn't buying Real the Cersei sarcastic. thing. <laughs> Jamie, you are literally the only person who thinks that Cersei ruling is a good idea. Wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the Tarleys. Tarleys have a lot to do here in this episode. Uh, Randall and uh, Dickon. Uh, Bronn is going to get to scoff at uh, Dickon's name. That is a stone cold classic moment when Dickon reveals his name and Bron just it, you can't even emulate the laughter that he delivers there. But it is so funny. It's just a it's a tremendous moment. OK, uh, so they're working on uh, getting everybody back to uh, King's Landing. We'll come back and see everybody here uh, l- later on in this episode. Yeah. Okay. So they go to King's Landing and, you know, important detail, even though the Lannisters are going to get their butts kicked by the Targaryens at the end of the episode, they have successfully ferried the money to King's Landing at that point. So we're going to King's Landing, Cersei's with Tycho, and they are they're thrilled that they've got all of this money in place. Yeah. Iron Bank is like, hey, nobody's ever just paid us off in one lump sum before. This is not that fun. Yeah. (laughs) yeah it's less entertaining than being able to just like i don't know toy with your food i guess yeah we wanted to keep the interest payments going we like that yeah Yeah. we're the iron Uh, bank that's how we stay in business yeah well enjoy that moolah you know (laughs) yeah beggars can't be choosers Tycho. you should just be lucky that you're here yeah honestly okay and they're talking about well maybe uh, how do we stay in business we want to be in the lannister business yeah I think that this is good, he says. You know, I think I think like riffing on what we had said last week is like he probably already figures like Daenerys is going to be scary if she wins. Uh, but on top of that, Cersei's delivered. You know, she said, like, stay here for, for two weeks and you're going to get all your money back. And he's like, OK, that seems unlikely. Yeah. Uh, and it, it worked. He's got all of his money back. So he wants more of that, I think. Okay. That would be great. Well, Cersei has had her eye on uh, some things from the Golden Company catalog, Josh. What does she want? What is she thinking about? 
maybe, you know, another, you know, army of uh, soldiers of, uh, you know, uh, people that are going to be mercenaries that could come fight for her. Maybe she had a little more of an extension of that line of credit, maybe. Yeah. And if we're dipping into the, the season eight trailer that dropped today, Rob, looks like uh, her wish is going to be granted. OK, and get a little, a little bit of a tease of the Golden Company in this trailer. All right. Uh, we get a lot of Bran and the Stark kids uh, in this episode. Littlefinger comes to Bran and wants to give Bran the dagger, this dagger that's going to you know, figure very prominently in everything going on here at the end of season seven. And he tells Bran, I, I want you to have this dagger. Yeah. And Bran's like, what do I need this for? Well, wizard. <laughs> yeah. The guy stuff. One of the people that tried to kill you that, uh, you know, this dagger made you who you are today. Yeah. You know, you should be excited about this. This is like you put this on your mantle. What is Littlefinger's endgame here with Bran? I think that Littlefinger is trying to ingratiate himself within the Stark family. His, you know, his long game plan is to be not just the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms and sit on the Iron Throne. He wants to sit on the Iron Throne with Sansa at his side, which would make him essentially a Stark. You know, like that's what he wants. He wants to take over House Stark and reshape its future in his own sick, twisted, perverted way. That's like getting back at Ned Stark and Ned's older brother, all these people who wronged him when he was a kid. Uh, It's his way of giving Catelyn Tully's legacy, you know, something that he feels she deserves. So I think for, for him to be here with Bran, like he's having an inauthentic moment, like he's lying and stuff. But I, I think that even, even within that, I think that Littlefinger is authentic in his desire to cultivate a relationship with Bran insofar as it would ingratiate him further with Sansa and it would, you know, connect him deeper to House Stark. He wants to be in control of these people. Um, And little does he know that Bran is a super powerful magic man now. Uh, And so this I got on banking on that. Yeah. On the reconsideration of the Littlefinger arc. I do think that there is some justice to the idea that, like, you couldn't account for magic, buddy. That just wasn't something that you ever put into your calculations. So, of course, magic's going to be the ultimate home wrecker for you. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that he's trying to, you know, say, like, hey, I'm, I was friends with your parents. So, you know, there's in some way, you know, some small part of them is still uh, around because they were my friends. And I told them exactly. about how the, this dagger that they tried to somebody tried to use to kill you. I, I, I did the Lannisters on this. And so, uh, you know, I've been, you know, a long time ally of the Starks here. If you remember all the way back to the first season. And so he's, uh, trying to, I think to play that card, but then, yeah, it all goes to hell in a handbasket. Once a uh, brand, uh, reminds him that, uh, yes, chaos is a ladder after Littlefinger little finger uh, mentions the word, uh, chaos about how yeah. you, you had, you had to go out and see such chaos in the world chaos is a ladder the ladder what what that's my catchphrase chaos how do you know that catch yeah i know everything mm. yeah okay is, i think alarming alarming. I think alarming alarming at that point and i you know what i i think like little finger like kind of you know he really loses the thread here 
from from here on out. Like I think that you know what he's doing so far seems to be tracking along with where he has you know been laying everything. You know all of his plans have been leading to these moments. He's getting closer and closer to his quest for the Iron Throne. He runs into like this thing that he couldn't account for with this uh, you know this ability to to see all to know everything. And I I think that's what really starts to do him in is he's probably very unsettled with this brand thing. Uh, and it, he's certainly going to see Arya later in the episode and be like, oh, I, she's not to be underestimated. And so he's going to start to make these other moves because he's just completely off his game now. Bran just like totally threw him off. Bran is on fire because he's got little fingers shook. Next up, here comes Mira Reed. Yeah, let's just shoot her right out of the <laughs> sky while we're at it. <laughs> her balloon's so flying amazing. a little high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amira, come in. Uh, close the door. Have a seat. Yeah. Um, she's leaving. Oh, you're leaving? Well, I didn't want to, but I guess since you're okay, you're safe. You don't need me anymore. Brand's like, ah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I don't. What? She's, she's That's like, it. Hey, hold on. That's it. Yeah. Is, is it, uh, yeah. Dude, I, I, my brother I mean, died to save you. I almost died. Hodor died. Yeah. Well. So what? Yeah, you know, I was thinking of how I was going to be able to let you go without having to pay severance, but you just quit. So that <laughs> solves a problem for me. Right. And so Bran is like, hey, I'm I'm not I'm not uh, really the, him anymore. Uh, so I'm not Bran. Uh, I remember what it felt like to be Bran, but not so much now. And so Mir's like, well, I guess you did die in that cave. Yeah, he really he's like RoboCop. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Alex Murphy, like getting like torn to bits and coming back as this monster with only like bits and pieces of his memory. And that's like Bran. It's like the robo Bran. Yeah. Is this it? This is the last time we see Mira? So far. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much room there is in the final didn't six see her episodes. In the trailer, right? She's not there that I saw. I didn't see what it. What an unceremonious departure for <laughs> four seasons of Mira Reed. Uh, yeah. You know, there's definitely there's some hope. For her to return, I mean, Who's if hoping? you're, what, I, <laughs> that's what I was gonna try and put a cushion underneath that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I figured that's probably how you feel about it, and how many people probably feel about it. But you know, there's still some people who are holding out for Howland Reed to be in a more meaningful capacity on the show. But I think in the in the context of the book, where he has not shown up, and he seems to be one of the people that would know. That Jon Snow is actually the son of Lyanna Stark and not the son of Ned Stark. Uh, Howland would be one of the people who has that information. The show has answered that by having both Bran and Sam being the carriers of that information. So there's really no reason to bring Howland Reed into it unless it's for like a bit of fan service. So I feel like I feel like Howland Reed is going to go the way of Tom Bombadil and just never make it into the adaptation. Uh, and I expect that probably means. We're never going to see Mira Reed again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's fine, right? <laughs> I'm fine. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. We got so many, so many loose ends to tie up. There's a lot going on on the show. You know, I'll be, I'll be happy to see what George has in store for her and the rest of the reads in the book if we ever get there. But for the show, we got to move on. There's not enough on. time on the show. We got to move on. And what we have to move on to is Arya is coming home to Winterfell. Yes. 
Uh, a nice little full circle moment here, too, calling back to season one when Arya was chasing after the cat and then she tried to get back into the Tower of the Hand and the guards are like, yeah, you're not Arya Stark. You're a dirty kid. Go back to the mm-hmm. dirt. She's like, no, I'm Arya Stark. And it's the same stuff that's happening here all mm-hmm. over again. Yeah. And so Arya wants to come in and the guy's like, nope, sorry, you're not Arya Stark. Get out of here. Get out of here. Arya Stark's dead. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, speak again. Like, think again. It's I'm here. I'm standing like, here. Uh, Go get then, uh, can I see Maester Pycelle then? Like, uh, no Maester Pycelle here. I'm sorry. You, you're a new phone. Who dis? Well, it's Maester Lewin and not Maester Whatever. Pycelle. Yeah, yeah, look, <laughs> Whatever. Look, look, I'm paraphrasing. He's gone too. They're both <laughs> gone. gone. They're gone. All They're the Maesters she knew are gone. Yeah, yeah. The only Maester here is Walken. Yeah. I don't know if you if you know Jan Royce, but he's here too. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know him, you're lucky. <laughs> What a nag. Ask him about the leather breastplates. Right. It's cold. We're busy. Get out of here. Uh, and uh, Ari is like, hey, look, uh, maybe I'm not who I say I am. But boy, if I'm not uh, or if I am who I say I am, then uh, my sister's going to be really mad at you guys. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Good point. And like, okay, you sit right here. We'll be right back. And then, of course, she's gone. She's gone. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't wait for anybody. So Sansa's gonna get the the heads up that this is going on. These two dummies fill her in. They're you know they're not fired, but it's not a great look. Uh, they don't know where she went, but Sansa Sansa guesses correctly. She right. knows that that Arya is gonna go and pay her respects to to mom and dad in the crypt. She's headed into the crypts, and so we get a reunion down the basement with Arya and Sansa. A little less huggy than the other Stark reunions thus far. Yes. Well, I think that this is probably because that we are going to at least like lean into the Arya and Sansa feud here for these next couple episodes. Yeah. A little frosty, this reception. Right. Winter is coming. It's cold in the crypts of Winterfell. Uh, Arya's here and there's a little bit of awkward banter here about the, the Lady Stark of it all. Arya says, do I have to call you Lady Stark? And Sansa's like, yup, you mm-hmm. definitely do, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Absolutely, that's who I am now. Uh, and uh, Sansa's like, when John sees you, he's going to be so happy. He was so happy when he saw me. He's just going to explode when he sees you. Because it is, you know, it's easy to forget that John and Arya were super tight. They were, you know, among the tightest of the Stark siblings mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. And they haven't seen each other since the second episode of the show. They still haven't seen each other through uh, through the, the end of this season. So. Yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be her a needle. great moment. Yeah, it's gonna be so fun. I can't wait for that. That's gonna be an amazing reunion. Yeah, although Sansa says that when he sees you, his heart is gonna stop, and that seems that seems ominous. And we sent Melisandre away, so that's gonna be a problem. <laughs> so when John shows up, go to your room. Yeah, I mean, because that's not really a figure of speech, right? Your I mean, heart's gonna ha- stop when you see that person. His heart actually stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little on the nose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're looking at Ned Stark like it doesn't look like him. No, not really. Uh, apparently everybody who knew what Ned Stark looked like, they're all dead except for the Stark kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. know. So uh, we get into, uh, Arya's list a little bit. Uh, she talks about like, Hey, did you kill Joffrey? Everybody like, said uh, you did. Uh, 
beat me to it. It's like, I, I got a list. Got I a wish. List. Uh, what, what is this list? You have a list of people you're going to kill? Yeah. She's What's up with list. you, psycho? There's just a lot going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's been through a lot. So they yeah. both talk about that, too. They're like, how'd you get here? It's a long story. And it's like, yeah, mine, too. It was terrible. And Arya says, yeah, mine was also. But there's there's more to do. Yeah, uh, they kind of yada yada that. They say, like, hey, yeah. so, uh, my story's not so hot either. So let's we'll talk about it later. Yeah, they'll tear into it in greater detail in a, a little while from now in another episode. But for now, it's, they're happy to just kind of let it lie. Uh, and this is, you know, not even the the final Stark sibling reunion. Right. Uh, Sansa's going to let Arya know Brand's here. He's just yeah. he's been a he's been a real hoot since he's been back. <laughs> he's just like he's cutting people left and right. He's really remorseless these days. <laughs> So we go see Bran. He's at the weirwood tree, right where Sansa left him. Yeah, and he looks at Arya. He's like, "Huh, what's up?" Yeah, in a minute. And so, yeah, he's got some uh, cryptic talk. He saw her at the crossroads. Bum, uh, bum, 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 bum. I saw you at the crossroads, Arya, and I miss my uncle Benj. <laughs> 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 That's uh, a, instantly a personal favorite joke of my own. I may take a moment. Is that the uh, Lord of Bone Thugs in Harmony? <laughs> oh, we still got it, man. Still clicking, reviving real hard. If that guy who was going to quit over the sex scene descriptions already left, he's really missing out. High quality material. <laughs> anyway, we're off. laughing. Yeah. We're laughing. Yeah. Okay. Have a good time. All right, so they're talking about uh, where Bran saw Arya. She's going to go to King's Landing. Cersei is on her list of names. Uh, but, you know, Arya uh, says, uh, you know, uh, most of the other people on her list are dead. So she's really got to, you know, it's it's like a treat to ha- still have a name on the list. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot to work with still. Uh, she's very curious about the fact that apparently Littlefinger is here. It's like, ooh. You know, he's kind of like uh, he's sort of like on the right on the line. She did see him at Harrenhal. He yep. was, you know, palling around with Tywin. So she's got to be suspicious at least. Mm-hmm. Right. And we get into the dagger talk. Uh, Bran says, uh, oh, yeah, you see this dagger that Littlefinger gave me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, wait, why did he give that to you? He's like, I don't want it here. You take it. Yeah. And so, Arya takes the the dragon glass dagger, or the I guess it's a Valyrian steel Valyrian dagger. steel dagger. Yes, the cat's paw dagger. Yeah, yeah, she's got to rename that. Mm, yes, uh, and well, uh, Arya's like, "Are you sure you don't want it? I mean, he gave it to you. It's it's yours. I feel weird taking your." He's like, "Well, it's wasted on a cripple." It's like, oh, don't be so self deprecating, yeah. Bran. You've got a lot going on for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Arya's going to take this and. This is exciting. It's not only going to be the the weapon that kills Littlefinger, but you have to imagine that she's going to at least take down a White Walker with that thing. I feel like you can't give you can't put that in Arya Stark's hands and not have her kill a White Walker. Right. Uh, in close combat, uh, we'll see what comes up in season eight. All right. So uh, all the Starks come back. Podrick and Brienne are looking it over, and Podrick is like. Brienne, you did it. All the Stark kids are, are back home at Winterfell. You did it. And Brienne's like, I literally did nothing. <laughs> You're being too hard on yourself, Brienne. You did something. You were yeah. all those seasons. You were out there looking for them. She did more than she did in the books, for sure. 
You know, mm-hmm. she did save Sansa. She found Arya once, so that's a a lot better than she does in a Feast for Crows. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so close. She does uh, go to uh, River Run for Sansa. Also runs an errand. I think she's being too hard on herself. I think that she's she's done well. Did she? Is it an A plus? No, but it's a it's at yeah. the it's a certainly it's a passing yeah. grade, and I think it's a fairly high marks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know she killed the hound. Uh, basically, almost. Yeah, not quite. Not, not quite. quite. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not quite. No. Okay. All right. Um. So, uh, let's go to Dragonstone. Uh, Danny and Miss Sunday are going to, uh, uh, you know, no word back about the Unsullied. Yeah, they don't yeah. know what's going on yet, and they're a little, little nervous about that. But I think that they're not like super freaked out. It seems. Yeah, and Danny says, "Don't worry, Grey Worm is going to be fine." And they have a little bit of girl talk. Yeah, they talk like uh, Danny can tell that like Masane is like really into Grey Worm at this point, mm-hmm. uh, and she wants to know what happened between Masande and Grey Worm, and Masande herself. I'll I'll note yada yada's through it. Mm-hmm. She says many things, mm. and that's it. Not one to kiss and tell, Missande. So let's just leave it there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, she's ruining it for us. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Uh, John Snow wants to have a word with uh, with Danny about uh, like. Uh, well, I just want to show you what we're doing in here. This can, before we start this construction project, can I just walk you through this. Yeah, as he's just like heavily chalked the cave himself. Like he's just like. <laughs> He's like quickly drawn a whole comic strip in there. He's got like mm-hmm. chalk on his pants. She's like, Why do yeah. you have chalk on your pants? Nothing. No reason. Come in. Right. Okay. So here's a cave. Dragon glasses you see over here. Uh, coming through through this uh, crevasse. We got some more stuff to show you in here. Yes. There's these illustrations that show the first men and the children of the forest. They were here together. They were teaming up together. They knew that they had to fight against the White Walkers or they were all going to die. And that's what we mm. got to do. Danny, we got to team up. The day is coming. The enemy is real. It's always been real. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to be in here? I don't want to get like dragon glass long being in this mine. She's a Targaryen. Okay. Fine. So she fine. She'll be fine. Uh, I had completely forgotten about the cave drawings, but uh, that didn't do anything for me. Um, what did you expect it to do? Oh, I just that I don't really remember it. Sure. Um, you know that the first men and the children of the forest got together on Dragonstone to yeah, work to out the, the, the plan yeah. to, you know, uh, from my recollection, didn't the uh, children of the forest create the White Walkers to kill the first men? But yeah, then but they, I they think kinda- that they screwed up. And they're like, oh, we screwed up. We went too far. We created these weapons that are out of our hands. Now we're all in big trouble. And, you know, mea culpa. And we got to figure this out. So let's go to Dragonstone. Let's get the dragon glass. We'll draw pictures about everything that's going on. And it was all like designs and then like very detailed pictures of the White Walkers. Do you think that we will see 
in the Game of Thrones prequel, if it moves forward beyond the pilot stage, do you think that we will see eventually, because we, we know it's set thousands of years before all of this, it seems like it's going to be built around the first White Walker conflict. Do you think we see the the actual cave drawing occur in the Game of Thrones prequel? Ooh, bo- Meeting oof, a I hope not. Well, maybe they'll give him another chance. Maybe it'll be more compelling on the second pass. Which was the greater reveal? Uh, Seeing uh, all of the cave markings in the uh, Dragonstone cave or uh, seeing the names written on the ceiling in uh, Jacob's cave? Listen, I really enjoyed the final season of Lost on this most recent rewatch. So, (laughs) you know, uh, ask me six years ago or whatever, like I would have been very upset. Today, like I'm very zen about it. I feel great. I feel great about Lost now. Okay, I'm good. All right, very positive. All right, so uh, Danny's going to come out, and uh, we're going to get the update. Get the update on everything uh, that happened, and uh, so uh, well, we took Casterly Rock. Great. Yeah. Not great. Not <laughs> why great. Isn't it great? Uh, and Danny is so mad. She's like, oh, why did I listen to you? Yeah, I mean Tyrion, uh, Strike Two. Not good. Only strike two? Well, in in a row, at least. And uh, and Davos is, like, feeling the tension. It's so thick that you could cut it with a cat's paw knife. Uh, And he's like, well, we ought to be going. She's like, stay. I got Mm -hmm. questions. I have no advisors. They're all dead. I need to talk to all of you now. You've been drafted into Mm -hmm. into my inner circle. And she echoes what uh, Lady Elena said to her. Enough with the clever plans. Let me get on my dragons and let me torch these mofos. That's what she wants to do. Uh, she just wants to she wants to get this thing lit. And uh, of course, it's what she's going to do. Uh, she wants to hear what Jon Snow has to say, because everybody else is kind of opposed to this. She wants to know what Jon thinks, because after just a, a little more than an episode, she really values what the King of the North has to say. We kind of yada yada past this part. Uh, there's a lot of chemistry between Jon and Daenerys in that cave. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, she's not seeing the things John that he wants Snow her to see. Jon Snow does his see. best work in caves, Josh. It's really where he thrives. And, like, there's a little bit of that there where, like, he's, like, guiding her through. And she's like, oh, my. And he's like, oh, my, myself. Uh, and Sam somewhere is also yeah. saying, oh, my. Uh, cave is and- a great date location, Josh. Uh, that it's, uh, you know, you get to lead her by the hand through there. There's a little Did bit of mystery, know. danger. Uh, it's I a second would location. Need to be <laughs> wow. That took a turn. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Danny's going to talk to John. Ultimate you know, she, date spot. Okay, she's she's into it. She's you know she likes John a lot. He kind of likes her. You can tell uh, that these guys are are really starting to connect. And she wants to know what he has to say. And he says, "Listen, no one ever thought dragons would exist again. This is crazy that they do. Uh, you've made the impossible happen. Make them believe that you can make other impossible things happen. Be different than what has come before. But if you just go over there and burn everybody." Uh, it's not different. It's just more, more of the, the same. same. So and Daenerys boring. is like, wow, I was really starting to like you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's like very not into it anymore. And she's like, I'm going to get on my dragon and just go burn a lot of stuff. That's really what I want to do. Yeah, how do we get from, you know, here's, you know, Jon Snow's sound advice to where we get to at the end of the episode where she is just torching the uh, Lannister army. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think that she just kind of decides like, 
why am I listening to the advice of somebody I met the other week? I yeah. should probably just go and burn all these people. It's you what know the, nothing, Jon Snow. It's what the fans want. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so uh, we are going to go back to uh, out, outside of uh, Winterfell and uh, get to see the great Brienne versus Arya uh, matchup. First of all, Brienne is, uh, you know, sparring with, with Pod, but then Arya wants a crack at Brienne. Very fun. Not, I mean, I don't know how much we need to talk about it. It's a fun scene. We get like a little bit of like the water dancing Arya is back. Uh, now she has the dagger in the mix too. So that makes the combat kind of interesting. There's some funny banter between the two of them mm-hmm. about how Brienne's like, oh, that little sword is like, you, you want, you don't want to, is that what you want to use? And Arya's like, yeah, I'm not going to hurt you with it. And Brienne's like, oh, that's not what I meant, but okay, it's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, it's a fun little battle. It's a, it's a nicely choreographed little scene, a nice little amuse-bouche before we get to, uh, uh, the loot train battle later in the episode. Mm-hmm. I wish that they would spar with uh, these like sparring swords like they would do uh, up at uh, Castle Black. That They're making me very nervous of, you know, one wrong move. And now Arya is dead. Uh, that, you know, that Brienne is supposed to be the protector of the Stark kids, where if Arya is, is you know, Br- Brienne is like, you know, go swinging the sword as hard as she can. Yeah. They have plot armor on, so it's going to be safe. <laughs> I guess so. Make sure, look, if you are sparring with anybody, kids, uh, with real swords, make sure everybody is wearing their plot armor. Give me a scene in the final season with Brienne and Arya fighting side by side. Uh, I'll, I'll take that right now. I think that that's coming our way. Okay. All right. Uh, cute ending. Who taught you how to do that? No one. No one. Hmm. Arya, you're the you're the best. Uh, you it's the best. You are a real rascal, Arya. It's great. It's a great. That's a great line. No one. I love mm-hmm. it, Arya. You're the best. And Littlefinger is like watching from a distance, and he's like, "Yeah, these Stark kids are pretty nuts." Like, uh, she has the dagger now. Uh, uh, that's not good. That's this not all, good. This whole uh, thing's kind of. <laughs> kind of slipping through my fingers here slipping uh, through my little fingers assassin has my dagger <laughs> yeah hey. uh, okay. it's getting hot davos is uh talking with john look guy talk now yeah i mean it's, it's a room talk yeah yeah it's a little bit of like uh early stages of of greece with like uh sandy and danny talking to their people and like recounting the summer the long summer i guess mm-hmm. the, sh- the short the summer wolf. yes and mm-hmm. uh and you know they're talking about it and john's like ah oh, it's nothing it's nothing and davis is like yeah i think it might be a little more than you're letting on john's like there's no time for that mm-hmm. saw the night king i can't i have I, I only have eyes for the night king yeah okay uh so yeah we're not talking about that uh so uh john wants to know uh you know how many men do we have uh, in the north to fight the night king yeah ten thousand less Mm -hmm. and uh, and davos with the nice call back to his boy stannis says fewer yeah okay stannis would be happy Man, these Stannis writers are just smile, like, is smiling down. Uh, Clothes and loops left and right here in these uh, in these these final episodes. It's okay. great. So they catch up with uh, Missandei. Wants to yes. know, yeah, why? Why? Hold on, why are you named Jon Snow if your father was Ned Stark? 
she doesn't understand. She doesn't know the custom, uh, which is a surprise to me, considering Masane knows like a thousand languages. You'd think mm-hmm. that maybe she would she would know about this, uh, but I guess not. Uh, she doesn't she doesn't know uh, the the naming uh, functions for for bastards in Westeros. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's a little surprised by that. Uh, on North, apparently they don't have marriage. It's mm-hmm. just. We're just like really free yeah. like that, except they're not on uh, actually. So, not great. Um, <laughs> Davos uh, says uh, that sounds liberating. Davos is so jokey in season seven. Yeah, I, you know what? I, he loves Missande. He's the mm-hmm. he's a huge Missande fan, and I don't think like in any kind of weird way. I get the sense that he just like he thinks that she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. He thinks that she's she's a riot. She's a stitch. Uh, and he's just he's having a blast like yeah. he says ah speaking of good hearts here's Masande, my favorite person on dragonstone <laughs> yeah and she's talking up danny that, that, that why that why she serves danny not because of that her uh parent were was the ruler that's the queen that she chose uh and uh she would let Masande leave and davos says would you forgive me if i switch sides yeah and Masande is like i don't know you're so weird <laughs> leave uh, me alone like i like i i, I love davos i'm sure it's fine but Masani is probably like why is he always here <laughs> always here all right a, a ship is coming in is that a great joy ship indeed and man this is awkward okay and uh oh look what the cat dragged in it's yeah. theon Another reunion, less pleasant than some of the other reunions we have seen recently. It's Theon and John together again. They were never like massively close. I don't think they both. It was more like Rob was the cool one, and they were both friends with Rob, so they had to hang out with each other. You know what it's like being Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're like, there's a little bit of tension there, just as like the bedrock of their relationship. But there's also the fact that Theon betrayed the starks led to events where rob stark was killed the public story is he got bran and rickon killed uh so john's not a huge fan yeah um maybe you know had this been at another point where you know earlier in the show maybe john would have been even more mad that he got uh rickon killed but uh, at least uh john knows that that wasn't uh theon's fault yeah that was all that was all ramsey but uh (laughs) Uh, a little bit of Rick on as well. Mm. Rick on with a with an assist. Uh, but John doesn't like Theon very much. That's fine. Uh, he's going to spare mean, him. Really, because, nobody does. You know, he's going to he's going to give him a pass because of everything that he did with Sansa. And you know, fair enough. That's good. That's okay. nice. All right. Uh, let's get to our main event and yes. uh, let's go back to uh, the fields outside of King's Landing where Jamie and Braun are trying to uh, get everybody back into King's Landing. Yeah, and actually this is where Braun starts laughing at Dickon Tarly. Uh, we, we have it reversed a little bit, but always good to revisit that moment because it's, such, it's so funny how he just cracks up in, in Dickon's face. Uh, Dickon Tarly apparently having the last laugh as he's just crushing it on Umbrella Academy, which everybody seems to really enjoy. <laughs> yep, I heard it's very good. Yeah. Did I lose you? Josh? Josh? No, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's very big on Umbrella Academy, like as part of the character he plays. He plays a guy mm-hmm. named Luther, and Luther has like a very big body, 
and like uh like a like an oddly big body and on game of thrones i was you know he's really a Dick large on. man as well he's very built this guy yeah kind of had that luther bod going on yeah yeah okay all right we are seeing that you know all right let's try, try to you know round up the the stragglers there okay the tar uh you know a randall tarley is gonna is gonna go uh be working on that okay so uh, we start hearing uh, some noises, some shrieking or rumbling. There's something happening. Bron, who is constantly Q-tipping and has phenomenal hearing, he hears something in the distance. He's like, everybody shut up. Something's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from around the corner, the Dothraki arrive and Daenerys' army is here. And this is uh, this is a scary sight. Bronn wants Jamie to go back to King's Landing immediately. Jamie refuses. This is my army. I have to defend it. Mm-hmm. And Bronn says, you're a commander. You're you're not an infantryman. You have to leave. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't want to do it. And by the you know, even if he did at this point, it's too late because here comes Daenerys on Dragonback. Uh, and she's going to roast the field of fire. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question? Mm-hmm. How, how did the Dothraki get to Westeros? I don't know, man. They I just mean, did. Is it? <laughs> is they it just did. They just did. I mean, uh, I mean, didn't Daenerys's fleet all, all get uh, destroyed in the last episode? Yeah. Mostly. Yes. I mean, so what'd they do? I don't know. Did did the I mean maybe there's some ships still at Dragonstone that they just I mean took. there was a lot of people and horses they brought. They brought horses. But why why do we care? I don't know. I, I that, that that's not a, a interesting detail. No, it's listen, if if that's the kind of thing that you want to get hung up on then the final I, I don't season wanna, I didn't say I want to get no, hung no, up no, on. Sh- I just sh- want, sh- I sh- thought sh- maybe there was a maybe I missed something. No, I don't think you missed anything. I think it's just like uh the Dothraki are now in Westeros and you're kind of just supposed to just buy into it and go with it. And the spectacle is wonderful and the choreography and the scripting of the fight is wonderful and it's a great cinematic moment and it is the com- the culmination of many seasons of wanting to see the Dothraki in Westeros. And then like if you there's when you look, there's just like a, when you look at the back of the train, the loot train, you see that there's like a thread hanging out the back and if you pull on that hard enough, you can unravel the whole thing for yourself. Yeah, I and loved the, it. I said it was my favorite I <laughs> sequence. Know. I'm not I'm not talking to to you necessarily, but I I think that this is a thing with when you when you when the 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 royal you uh, look at the final seasons of Game of Thrones. If that's the kind of thing that that jams you up, I I don't not understand it. Like it makes sense to me that that's something that's going to bother you. I myself have been bothered by some of the conveniences in the writing uh, along the way. Maybe less so on the rewatch than on the first watch. But I really was very annoyed by the Beyond the Wall stuff. Yeah, uh, there's a decent amount of that in uh, these episodes look, for sure. This is one of those instances. The uh, the Greyjoys just came with a ship. They could have used Maybe, that. Yeah, they just ferried them all one by one. Though that doesn't John make sense because Theon Davos had came no on idea. a ship. Seemed more they, like a rowboat. They could, that the Unsullied could have dropped some off on their way to Casterly Rock. Yeah, maybe Grey Worm came back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all sorts of possibilities. Okay, get in line, everybody. Yeah, game time. Hold the line. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's 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 fights o'clock. 
You mm-hmm. know, it's it's all happening, and Drogon is going to be here, and he's going to set a bunch of people on fire. And we're going to see Dothraki warriors, and they've really there's they're fighting in such a way that the Lannister men have just never seen this before, and they're just getting their butts kicked. They're able to kill a few of these Dothraki. But by and large, like you're really seeing a lot of the the Dothraki screamers just crush these people. They're just this is what they were born for. They've been this is their destiny. They've been waiting for this. Yeah, we can't do it justice. It's so great when Danny is flying on Drogon, uh, you know, behind the uh, Dothraki riders as they're coming in. They're screaming. Drogon is just blasting fire and uh, burning Lannisters all over the place. Yeah, and Bronn like gets into a one-on-one fight with one of the Do- with the, one of the Dothraki, and uh, they they've always done great work with with Jerome Flynn in these action scenes, like from Blackwater to now. Uh, he always gets to do some really amazing stuff, and he gets his own little story throughout this whole battle, uh, where he fights the guy. He's uh, in in a va- in a very bad way. He's able to kill the Dothraki by using the gigantic dragon slaying mm-hmm. crossbow, which now gives him a new toy to play with, and he's going to be the guy that's really going to be coming after Daenerys. Right. Uh, this was a concern that the dragons could have showed up at some point, but it was enough of a concern that they brought Kyburn Scorpion uh, out there with him. And so that that is a big part of uh, this whole battle. Uh, Jamie is going to get into some uh, combat with a Dothraki and then get saved by Dickon Tarly. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, hats off to that guy. Yeah, uh, bronze gold is going to spill out and he like looks for a second. He's like, I got to pick up all my gold, uh, but he doesn't. Yeah, he's got other concerns at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we see Tyrion now uh, that from the distance, he's like a uh, uh, high atop a mountain. Yeah, he's showing up. He's here. He's, you know, like we've like we already discussed, he's got skin in the game. His brother is on one side. His uh, his queen is on the other. His best friend is out there, too. Like, you know, he's just this is horrible. There's no winning here. Every every outcome here is a is a potential disaster. Mm hmm. And so we're going to uh, see Braun. He's going to try to aim the scorpion and take down Drogon. Yeah, he hits Drogon in the shoulder and uh, Drogon is is knocked out of the sky. It's very harrowing. Tyrion is afraid as he's watching Danny, uh, you know, ride to the ground. And it's obviously foreshadowing a much worse version of this that's going to happen in just a couple of episodes when the Night King plucks Viserion out of the sky in a very similar fashion. So, um, you know, on the rewatch, that's something I think we can appreciate more about this moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, Drogon, uh, you know, takes that hit. Uh, we're going to uh, see uh, that, you know, established spears can hurt dragons. Yeah. It's a big They're deal. weak against spears. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Drogon is going to be able to shake it off, uh, but uh, he is uh, ends up compromised. Yeah, he's he's injured. It's it's, you know, at least a nuisance, if not 
pretty painful. Daenerys is going to try and yank the thing out of him. And Jamie is just kind of like staring sort of in this, like you get like this sense of it being like this out of body experience for him where he's on horseback. Uh, all of his people, like so many of them are set on fire. Uh, there's some, some of the imagery of that I had uh, really not registered on first passes of this episode. Like you see people like their faces melted off. Like it's very grisly. Uh, so Jamie is like kind of like surveying all of the the carnage of it um and he is seeing daenerys across the battlefield with the dragon and like he has like this come come to seven gods moment where he is going to grab a nearby javelin and he is going to rush at the dragon queen with the thought that if he kills her now the war is over his own health be damned um and Tyrion from a distance is going to be like oh you're so dumb jamie come on man The things do he it. does for love. Very in character for Jamie Lannister. Another reason why this whole battle is so great because it is very true to character for everybody on board. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so he's going to make his big push and then uh, Drogon is going to uh, stare him down. And then uh, it's Bronn with the dive save knocks Jamie Lannister off his horse and into the water. Yeah cliffhanger and i think that at the time i think people were pretty pissed off about this and there was like a lot of questions like is that it for jamie lannister is he dead it's like of course he's not dead uh, he does go pretty deep under the water yeah but he, that's not how they're gonna if, the, if jamie lannister was gonna die in that moment he was just gonna get roasted alive by dragon fire you know there's no reason to knock him into the water and have him die that mm-hmm. way uh so I don't know. I, I think that it's an episode that plays better on rewatch because there's some value in like the, the way that it's setting up the, the death of Viserion a couple of episodes from now. Uh, I'm sure it's only going to be strengthened in uh, the future once we get more of a sense of uh, the relationships that are going to come out of the new alliance of the living. Like Jamie is fighting for the living, so he and Daenerys are going to probably have to have a conversation at the very least, which should be pretty interesting after he just tried to assassinate her. There's also a great moment when Bronn has the crossbow and he like fires one off at Drogon and it misses. Daenerys just like locks eyes with Bronn. Uh, she like she, you're the guy who wounded my kid. Uh, mm. like I feel like at the very least he's gonna have to get punched in the face for that one too. You know, for a second time. Um, so I think that'll be really fun. I think that just when you have a little more context of beyond this episode, it plays better than it probably played in its first viewing. Yeah, uh, I I loved it. I loved it. It's great. Uh, I don't remember if I was mad in uh, the first time through, but uh, I loved it today. That's all that counts. Excellent, excellent episode. Uh, excellent sequence. A really, really great episode. And I think the the high point of uh, of season seven for sure. Okay. I mean, and the, the cliffhanger is just like the next episode just starts with like pulling Jamie out of the water. I mean, Essentially, like, yeah. It's basically. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, uh, it's no big deal. Pretty much. Okay. But yeah, I didn't like I think that it would have been more frustrating to have him like come out of the water than just like cut to black. Uh, this was just like, you know, the hour was up here. Totally, totally, totally. Uh, we just, they just were, needed a way out of this episode. Yeah, yeah. strapped okay. for time. All right, Josh, that is going to do it for us here as we are now only three episodes uh, away from the end of our rewatch. We've timed this so well. Yeah, no, you thing. nailed it. You nailed I, it. 
I had no idea, but it's working out. So we've got three episodes left in the rewatch before we start getting into some ramp-up material for some preview stuff heading into the final season of Game of Thrones. Next week, we're, we're coming to Eastwatch. We're going we're gonna to get the, the Brotherhood without banners back into the, into the scene. We're going to reunite with Gendry. Gendry's going to oh, show Gendry. up. Yep, he's back. Yeah. Uh, so. I think people look at this episode, this next one, and they think of it as the either the weakest of season seven or the most forgettable of season yeah. seven. So it'll it'll be interesting to to hash that through and, and see where we land on that. Yeah. Is this where Davos is going to sneak into King's Land or uh, yeah. into? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And he's yeah. Got, like, so that's the, the one thing I remember. He's got like the the pickled crabs or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, that's okay. We'll have fun with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Josh, uh, anything else you want to touch on here today? No, got, you know, fully in Game of Thrones season for me. Uh, so THR.com slash Game of Thrones. Lots of stuff happening all week long. Uh, you know, picking up the news as it breaks uh, and keeping up with those weekly final path columns. We posted our brand Stark final path column on Sunday of this past week. And the next one coming up is my boy, Samuel Tarley, uh, coming up this Sunday. Those post on THR.com slash Game of Thrones at 9.45 in the morning Eastern time on Sundays. So if you're bored on a Sunday and you want to read about Game of Thrones and you want to know what I think is going to happen to these characters you don't have in the to be bored. Season, I, stop what you're doing on a Sunday and read Josh's article. He worked hard on it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like, well, I was going to check out Josh's article, but uh, I'm not bored. <laughs> I still have six episodes of The Umbrella left to watch. Just today. do whatever you want to do. I don't want to dictate your life. Just live your life however you <laughs> want to live it. But if it involves reading my articles about Game of Thrones, that will make me happy. So, okay. Yes. All right. Josh Wiggler is on Twitter at Round Howard. Uh, follow him for all of the uh, latest news coming out on Game of Thrones. I'm at Rob Sestrino. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.